glad you're here today, and it's been a, it's been a hot summer, hasn't it? Been, uh, uh, in, in Dallas, the last two days, it's been 109 and 110, I think, is what I saw in the news. Um, and, and here in Kerrville, I think yesterday it was 101 or two, so it's been hot. But it doesn't matter how hot it is outside, what we want is to be hot on the inside, amen? We want to be hot with the things of God. We want to be stirred up and empowered with the things of God. What, I'm, what I've been sharing with you in the month of July, the title of our message is Integrity Equals Freedom. It creates freedom. Real freedom comes from integrity. And, and integrity comes from, is the result of, you personally understanding and working out what pride looks like and what true humility really is. Because when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He exalts you, He liberates you, He sets you free. And the information that we're putting out and the information I'm going to put out today and next Sunday is information that you really need to process and understand. Because in, in anything, and that's why you have the church, the church brings information that you're not going to get just anywhere. Um, you're, you're not going to go, um, you know, I, I labored through uh, a number of years of college, and nowhere and at no time did any of my college classes, I didn't go to a Christian college, but any of my college classes teach me anything about who I was in Christ. Not one of my classes ever taught me about the person of the Holy Spirit. Not one of my college classes ever gave me any information about God whatsoever. Actually, in my, uh, in my philosophy class, uh, I had a teacher that mocked God. I had been saved for just, just enough time to be dangerous. And, uh, and my philosophy teacher and I got into it, and he mocked God. He, 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 he could quote the Bible front and back, frontwards, backwards, with his eyes closed. He could quote the Bible, and, um, and, and he knew everything about it, and he made God look like a mockery, like that God contradicted himself. He said one thing in one chapter and something else in another, because he had no revelation. I didn't have any revelation, very little revelation at the time. I knew that I was saved, but I had very little revelation. But I knew that he was making a fool out of my God, and it made me mad. Well, you will never, you will never get correct information until you get information that comes, that comes from the Word of God through somebody that has gotten revelation. Revelation will never come to you just from reading the Bible. I mean, it can because of who God is, who the Holy Ghost is. God set it up for you in spite of maybe something, maybe you don't like my coat today. God wants you to get over looking at my coat and listen to what I'm saying. Did you hear what I said? I, I mean, in spite of us, God wants us to be able to receive through other people and take what we receive and do something with it. That's what God wants in the earth. And so today as we're sharing on integrity, we're looking at pride and humility. Um, 
I didn't title this message with anything with pride because some people would just stay away if they saw pride was in the title of the message because most people think that, you know, uh, a message is going to come forth hammering you that you're just a prideful person and, you know, all you do is think about yourself or whatever. No, that's not what this message is here to do. If the message brings conviction to your heart about things you need to change, work it out. Change it. All I want is what God has for me. Everything that God has for me, I want it. And if I have attitude that needs to change and be altered, let's alter it. Because God wants to be right in the middle of what you're doing every day. And he can't if we're in pride. So we're going to talk about that today. We're just going to look at it. Um, we've, we talked about in the... In the uh, Brother John was super good last Sunday, wasn't he? It was, it was a joy having him. But in the two previous Sundays, we, we talked about defined some things. Um, I, 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 I gave you this, this definition of integrity, that integrity is the acts in your life established from thinking low. We defined, we defined hum, humility as, 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 a, uh, as being low or thinking low. Pride is thinking high or overestimating yourself above what you should think. And so I'm going to spend a little time kind of bringing some definition and, and understanding of what I mean by that. Because if a person thinks, well, you know, I have to think low of myself, you just don't want to think more of yourself than what you should think. Um, a verse of Scripture, actually, we'll just start with this verse of Scripture today. It's found in Matthew 11. Um, and this is Jesus, and, and, and uh, sometimes it helps to look at statements, especially that Jesus made, uh, not just Jesus, others in the Bible, but statements that Jesus made, and, and kind of understand what he meant by what he said. Um, in Matthew 11, in verse 29, Jesus said this. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus told us to learn from him. And this is what he told us to learn. He said, for I am gentle and lowly. Everybody say lowly. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And if, if, if you will learn from me, you will find rest for your souls. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, Jesus thought low of himself. He didn't overestimate himself. Um, he thought low in his thinking of who he was or that what he accomplished was because of him. And he said, if you'll learn that from me, then you'll, you'll live a life where your soul is not constantly tormented with all different kinds of things. You will find rest for your soul when you learn how to think low. So we're going we're gonna to process that whole thing. Um, again, pride is thinking high. Um, and yet, we looked, at, we looked at a verse of Scripture in, let's just look at it again. We, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at Romans chapter 12. And verse 3, <clears throat> and it says, 
For I say through the grace. Everybody say through the grace. I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Everybody say it again, through the grace. It's important that you think of that because it's through the grace of God that we've been given anything in life, anything. I don't care what it is, it's through the grace. But for the grace of God, where would any of us be today? But for His grace, okay? So, um, you, ever, you ever been or have you ever done this before? You know, don't sh- raise your hand if you have, because we don't want to know. But just think about this. Have you ever been in someone's presence, and um, they try to, uh, you're in someone's presence, and you, you attempt to tell them that they've done something really good, and they try to resist it. Well, you know, it's not me, it's this. And, you know, I, yeah, okay, but, you know, I, you know, I don't want to take any credit or whatever. A lot of times, a lot of times, and I'm not saying if you've ever done that, if you know somebody or if your neighbor did that to you this morning, um, don't, don't, don't think bad of them. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point that a lot of times when we have that attitude, on the inside of us we're thinking, yeah, I did do pretty dang good, didn't I? I am pretty much that. Exactly what he's saying. But yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah, but I really. See, on the inside, we think we're all that. And what we, what we have to realize is, is that in life, you, you may have done something or have been, been a part of something that accomplished something, maybe for someone else, maybe for someone's business, maybe you prayed for somebody and they got born again, all these kind of things. And yet, a lot of times people try to take credit for stuff. But God deserves all the credit and all the glory. You may have paid a part, played a part in that. And there's a reward. The Bible talks about rewards all the time. There's rewards for things that we do and, and, and the way that we walk in obedience. But the flesh wants credit. The flesh wants to take credit for things that are but for the grace of God. Every, you know, what he says right here in this verse is, in verse 3, through the grace given to me, everyone's been dealt the same measure of faith that came from God. And he didn't say don't think highly of yourself. Because the Bible also says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You don't love yourself or think good of yourself or think highly of yourself. If you don't think a certain level of yourself, then your neighbor is going to suffer. You're, 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 you're not going to be able to love your neighbor. You're going to be jealous and frustrated and mad and, and all kinds of things toward your neighbor. God doesn't want that. God just doesn't want you taking credit. God wants you living your life giving glory to him. You see the difference? There's a huge difference. And, and listen, I'm telling you today, I'm going to read scriptures to you that the end results, the rewards, are what you want. And if it takes understanding this to have those rewards, all I'm saying to you is, I'm giving you information. Take it and work it out. Just work it out. you got the rest of your life to work it out. Just work it out. If, you think, if you're thinking too highly of yourself, and you know what? There's times when people 
in my life may point out something that today, because what I'm sharing with you here is what God's ministered to me over the last five or six years, and he said, you know what, you, you were thinking too highly. You thought too much of this or that. And over the last five or six years, as the things I'm sharing with you today, I've begun to apply to my life, and now I can hear somebody say something to me and just, you know, make a comment, well, what'd you say all that for? And when I hear that, I, the Holy Spirit inside of me is saying, you know what, they're right. Maybe what they said wasn't, it, it was like embarrassing or said it in front of somebody else or what. I don't, I don't really care in, anymore. I don't care. If I hear something that challenges me about something I said that was drawing attention to myself, I want it out. Yes. I want God. But for the grace of God, I'm absolutely nothing is what the scripture says. And I'm going to show it and prove it to you because, you know, I can tell you this and tell you a bunch of good, you know, things like this. But if I don't have scripture and verse, I mean, multiple scripture and verse for this, it doesn't do any good. We got to know this is the heart of God. It's not my idea or what I think. I'm telling you what God has shown me. I don't just think this. I know it. It's real. And it will liberate you and prosper you and cause you to be liberated and free in your life like you've never known before. Understanding how to think low instead of overestimating ourselves. Um, Old Testament, there's a, there's a book one chapter called Obadiah. Obadiah. And I just want to read the third verse of Obadiah 1. It says this, just the, actually the first part of the third verse. The pride of your heart has deceived you. I just like that wording. The pride of your heart deceives you. Well, Pastor, you know, I don't really need this message. You know, I don't think I'm in pride at all. You're in pride about not being in pride. Everybody deals with the flesh. Everybody. I don't care who you are. You're breathing, you deal with your flesh. So, if you're going to deal with your flesh, whatever... Let's just learn to deal with it and put things under that need to be put under and let's arise in what God says is really important. James chapter 4 pretty much defines it in this one statement in, in verse 6. James chapter 4 in the, Old Test in the New Testament. But he gives, verse 6, he gives more grace, or one translation says, great grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And not just grace, but great grace, more grace, and more grace, and more grace, those that learn to understand what true humility is and how to humble ourselves. I'm going to give you four things in a moment that give an illustration in Scripture about what it looks like to be in pride and what it looks like to be in, to be in humility. God resists the proud. 
What is, what, what, what is a picture, what kind of a picture in your mind do you have of somebody resisting someone else? Think about that for a minute. What does resistance look like? If I was, if I was at the back door back there and, and to get out that back side door over there, you, you push the little lever and you go out. And uh, if a dozen guys in here were standing out and had all their muscle pushing that door, there's no way that I could get out. I mean, I could, I could do the little key lock where that, that little push thing there on the door would stay open, and I could run at it and hammer and hit it, but if, if there were a dozen guys on the other side, I'm, I'm being resisted to the point that there's no way to break through. God has set it up in our lives to where if you walk in pride, then you are resisted. What Fabian was talking about earlier, about not forgetting the promises of God. Don't forget what God has done for you. In the process of not forgetting, learn to realize that everything you have and everything that you do and everything that you will do in life, it comes from God. God is your creator. You need to know that. Nobody's going to teach. They didn't teach me that in college. They didn't teach me that he was my creator. He didn't teach me that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. They, 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 they never taught me about the person of the Holy Spirit that would take the word I'm telling you today. And you can go home and take all these scriptures and God will show you things that I didn't even touch on. And he'll reveal things to you personally. That's how every word preached from this pulpit can be personal to every single person because of the Holy Ghost. I'm not the true teacher. He is. I preach the word, teach the word, but then it's what you do with what you hear that he reveals to you that makes the difference in your life. That's what I want to know. And I want to see it all the time. I want to see every day why I am who I am because what Jesus said, if you'll learn that, and you'll see my example, and you'll learn that. Do you, do you ever see in Scripture where anybody took advantage of Jesus? Hmm? He, was, he was lowly. Did anybody ever take advantage of him, or did he ever not accomplish what God told him to accomplish? Not one time. Never. So my point is, being, being humble and taking the low route in your thinking will not make you weak and ineffective at what you accomplish. That's where people have been lied to. Well, I'm not going to be meek. I'm not going to be humble. Man, I was born in Texas, and I know how to do it, and then take care of it myself, bless God. I know how to pull myself up by my own bootstraps, and I've done it all myself, and blah, 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 blah. People have that attitude constantly. And But for the grace of God, I'd have the same exact attitude because I had that attitude. And you'll live that way and operate that way, until you make the changes, and if you want to advance and grow into the things of God and let God exalt you at the proper time in your life, I'll tell you what, God will exalt you in a way you could never exalt yourself. You ever been in the presence of somebody and they were telling you something that had happened and you wanted to one-up them? Yeah, well, let me tell you what I did. With God... God will always exalt you better than you could exalt yourself. Always. 
God will always make sure that it'll come around to people. It may not be next week or the month after or the year after or whatever, but sooner or later it'll come back to people how great you really are and you didn't have to say a thing because God sees you and I great. Problem is we just can't see ourselves greater than he sees us. Amen. (laughs) So, think about it. Amen? Um, John 7, we looked at this one, and then I'm going to give you these four things. Um, No, I'm going to give you another verse and then those four things. Where did I tell you to go? John 4, no, John 7 and verse 16. Jesus answered them and he said, My doctrine is not mine, but it's his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him. God's perfect, and he'll never miss it. But those of us that think we've done it, that we speak for ourselves and it's all about us, he said right here, it's because we're looking for the credit. Let me just say this. There's there's a huge difference in reward and credit. There's a huge difference in in, in being rewarded for something versus getting the credit for something. That's the most profound statement probably that I'll make all day. There's a huge difference in being rewarded for something because of your faithfulness and your integrity and being willing to do something and being faithful and obedient to it and disciplined to to walk something out. I promise you, reward is on the other side in the way and, and in a package like you've never seen before. But when you do things because you want the credit, if you don't get rid of that credit-minded attitude, then you're going to eat the fruit of your own way. And eating the fruit of your own way is ugly and destructive. And I promise you, you will always make sure that everything is centered around you and how well you are and how good things are for you. See, God was, God's trying to get over to us that he's got our back, he's got our sides, he, the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of him, he, he's, he's got everything covered so we can live our life taking a deep breath, not being about ourselves, but being about others. And when you're that way, he will exalt you in ways you've never, ever seen possible in life. Things will just happen. They just do. We t- learn to take a deep breath not be about ourselves and be about others, but you have to believe that. You have to believe in that. And and you won't just believe that because you hear me preach one message. You gotta take what I'm what I'm saying this whole month and you gotta process it and do something with it. Amen. Philemon, which is another one chapter. One chapter in the New Testament. Uh, And the fourth verse, Philemon, verse 4.
Paul says here, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may, may become effective by the knowledge, the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Do you notice what he just said right there? He said, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> I've got some really good things in me, but it's all because I'm in Christ. And that, that listen to me, all, all that matters is who's getting the credit for what you accomplished. If he gets the credit, then you can talk about the things that you're accomplishing in your life as long as he gets the credit. I get the reward, he gets the credit. I don't know about you, but that's a win-win. Hmm? He gets the credit, I get the reward. I can talk about myself as long as what I'm talking about is not drawing credit to me. But for the grace of God, I'm a dead man. When I realize that and I understand it and I live that way, you live on top and never underneath. So, I want you to think about this today. I'm going I'm to give you four things that have to do with <clears throat> the difference in being in Christ in my life and not. So just follow with me in these verses of Scripture. Galatians 6 and verse 3. Galatians 6 and 3 says this. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, apart from God, you and I are nothing. And if you think you're something, you're deceiving yourself when you think you're something apart from him. But when I'm connected to him, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. 21st verse says, in him I am the righteousness of God. I'm right with God and I'm right in my life when I'm in him. So, you, you and I, we... we, we we are nothing without him. But with him, we are everything he says we are. We have to process that and work that out. Second thing is, <clears throat> found in 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 2. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, 
He knows nothing. Everybody say, he knows nothing. Okay? You have to decide whether you know nothing. Yet, as he ought to know. If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing. Yet, as he ought to know. So, without him, we don't know anything. And I, I mean, you're, you know, you, you can hear that right now and you can say, yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what I've done. And you, don't know, you, know, you don't know how many degrees I have and I've been taught all this stuff and I know these things. It's not what I'm talking about. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm telling you that you don't know anything like you need to know it. And what you need to know is take what you know and acknowledge the fact that but for him I wouldn't know what I know and then allow him to reveal to you how what you know, you can know it in a greater way than what you've ever known before. So all we're trying to do, with God, you've got to go low so you can go high. With God, you've got to come out of you so that he can be first and foremost and take you to heights you've never even thought you could dream of. That's where God will take you. Each and every time. Can you say Amen. Um, look at 1 Corinthians 2. Um, so based on that 1 Corinthians 8, we don't know anything like we know it. If, if a man thinks he knows something, he doesn't know anything. But in 1 Corinthians 2, and I, and I like the way this is worded for what we're talking about right here, it says in, um, it says in verse 9, but as it is written... Eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For he's, the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Spirit of God has revealed everything that we need to know if that's where we get our information from. If we believe he's the answer, we believe he's got all the goods then if I get my information from the Holy Ghost, he's going to reveal to me everything that I don't know yet like I need to know. And the Holy Spirit will never discredit what you know. We just got to get out of ourselves. We've got to discredit what we know like it's not what I know like I need to know. Holy Spirit won't come and say, ah, you're an idiot, you don't know anything. No, he didn't say that. He's just saying, okay, I got what you, you, you spent all that time and you know this. Now let me show you some more things. That's the benefit of you and I going low so we can come high. Can you say amen to that? Third thing, found in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did not, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? And if you, if you take a verse like that and you break it down and you look at it in different translations, what he's saying is. Everything that we have, we have from Him. And if you've not received things, you have the Holy Spirit 
that is making sure that you get those things. And number three is, without Him, apart from Him, I have absolutely nothing. There's nothing in my life, absolutely nothing, if I'm separated from Him. That's what I've learned. Over 40 years of walking with God, I've learned this truth, that without Him, as we're reading right here, I am nothing. Number two, I know nothing. And number three, I have nothing. That's what I've realized. Wow, Pastor, that's all you've gotten over the last 40 years? Yeah, that's what I needed to get. So that everything that I apply, I apply through through perceiving who I am in him, not who I can become within myself. That's where the destruction sets in. God's liberated us, and he's made us to be free people. And that freedom and that integrity that creates the freedom comes from going from high-minded thinking to low thinking so God can take us to a high thinking that doesn't overestimate who we are. I said that really good right there. <clears throat> Amen? 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, okay, this, this third one is that we have nothing, but the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. <laughs> I have the mind of Christ. Now, now, now listen to what I'm saying today. You say, wow, Pastor, that's a lot of bad confession. I didn't say confess these things over yourself. I'm talking about reminding yourself so that you stay in the, in the flow and the avenue of grace in how you perceive who you are and how God created you. Because see, people will say this, yeah, but bless God, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. But a lot of times people just say, well, I, I'm righteous because God said I am. Yeah, but don't stop there, right? I'm righteous in Him, Right? Yeah, but I'm this and that and the other. Yeah, yeah, but in him. Yeah, I can do all things. No, that's not what the Bible says. You can do all things in Christ. Who is your strength? Can you say amen? That's what we have to understand and keep in line and in perspective so that we can accomplish the things. What I'm talking about today is not to pull you back. It's to take you to a place that will exalt and lift you because God wants you lifted up. Listen, people are not going to people are not going to look at in life. People are not going to be drawn to just, you know, woe is me and down and out and frustrated and mad or arrogant people. People are not drawn to people like that. People are drawn to humility and they don't even know it. But people hate false humility. And that's why you and I have to work this thing out. We can't allow false humility to set in in us or if it's in us to remain in us, we have to be liberated from, from thinking that way. False humility is pride. Trying to, trying to act like you're drawing attention away from yourself when that's what you really want. It's pride. You just got to get free of it. We've all done it. Like I said, we're all, we all do with the flesh. Everybody deals with the flesh every single day. Everybody does. And when we learn how to deal with it and address it, 
and we overcome, now we're on the receiving end of all of the promises of God. The promises of God are not sometimes and when God feels like it. They're yes and amen. We just have to get in line and be on the receiving end. And I'm telling you, the, the, the series this month is one of those that's vital to you lining yourself up and being under an open heaven. We have a part to play in that. Heaven's open. You know, you, your, your mistakes won't shut heaven. It's just, you know, heaven may be pouring out right here and you're over here because you're thinking you're going to do it on your own. You're going to do it your way. And you're going to miss what God's doing. He's doing it. But you'll miss it because you play a part in that. You have to do it his way. Can you say amen? And then number four. <clears throat> number four, which is one we talk about a lot, and it's found in John 15 and 5. said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Yeah, but I want to be the vine. No. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Still hooked to the vine, still hooked to the tree. Part of the same amazing thing that he's the vine of. Why would we want to be the vine? I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, when we're without him... You can do absolutely, what does it say? Nothing. Without him, you can do absolutely nothing. But Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I can do it. Amen? I can do the all things when I'm in him. But apart from him, you and I can do nothing. I mean, you say, yeah, but you know, I've done this and this and this and, and all these things. Yeah, but, 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 but if, if you're getting the credit for what you do, then what you're doing is really nothing. I'm, I'm just telling you what he says, right? That's why I give you scripture and verse, you're going to get mad at me, get mad at him. <laughs> right? You can think you're all that. But that thinking you're all that is what hinders you from being on the receiving end of the best that you can be in best life that you can have. Huh? God wants you to live in the best and experience the best at all times. Amen? <clears throat> so like I said, be reminded of these things. Be reminded of what you can't do without him, but don't meditate on those things all day long. Just be reminded of that. Be reminded of how vitally important it is for you to understand what it means to think lowly and let Jesus show you by the Holy Spirit what that really means. He said that I am gentle and lowly of heart, and he said, learn from me what that looks like and what that's about. And if you'll learn that, there's nothing you can't do and accomplish in this life. The reason he was so successful in what he did was not because he was the son of God. He was the, he was the son of man that was our perfect example to follow after. And the reason he was so successful is he spent 30 years learning what it meant to think low. I'm not here to do my thing. I'm here to do what the one that sent me told me to do. And yet, 
Did he get the did he did did he get rewarded for the things that he did? Absolutely. Did he get to experience what it was like to lay hands on someone and see them healed immediately? Did he get to experience what it was like in this life? You think that people will gravitate towards your life and that you could create a ministry if you went around and raised the dead in, in, in every uh, uh, you know, in, in every graveyard as they're putting a casket down into the ground and you go over there and you raise them from the dead, do you think people be, gravitate towards you? Yeah, you think you'd be popular? You think you'd be known around the world? Yeah, I mean, he was known around the world and the devil tried to use the glory of the flesh to get him to turn his back on God. Why? Because that's what the devil did in heaven. That's what Lucifer did in heaven. He thought he could be God. What is that thinking? More highly of yourself than you should. That's just kind of stupid, you know. But that's what he's trying to get everybody else to do. You, hey, you don't, you don't need that. He tried to get out of me. You, you, uh, you, you can eat that fruit right there. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big. You know what? You'll, you'll become just like God. They already were like God. And he lied to them, and they took the bait. Poof. Pride. No. Should have looked at him eyeball to eyeball in that snake eyes, and said, you know what? My father said no. Father knows best, and I'm doing what he says. And when you and I learn to do that, and we don't have to make something happen and make something come to pass to feel better about ourselves and those kind of things, but we're confident in him, then we live our life receiving all of the benefits of God like Fabian was talking about earlier. Forget not his benefits. That's a good word. Yeah. Amen? Forget not his benefits. But when your thinking's clouded, your soul's stressed out and frustrated and mad and angry at everybody else, you're not, you're not going to think about the benefits of God because you don't think they'll work for you. I promise you, they were, they were, you were created for the benefits of God to work on your behalf. Amen? Last verse. Psalm 127 and 1. So, I used to live in, in McAllen, Texas. We lived, three of our daughters were born in the Rio Grande Valley, and, and we lived down there until 1989, until we moved here. And uh, one day, uh, we moved into this house, and they were building another house right across the street from our house. And so they came in, and they formed... They did all the dirt work and then uh, formed the the foundation and poured the foundation on the house, and um, and started putting up, you know, in that day started putting up um, wood studs and structure of the house, and and I came home from work one day and I'm watching them tear out and take down some of the stud walls that they were putting up. And I'm thinking, what the heck? And the next morning as I'm going to work, there's a guy out there with a jackhammer. And some reason, they poured the foundation for the plans of a house that was around the corner. 
what I found out later. They poured the foundation and, and built the structure of that foundation for the wrong plans. And uh, so they came and had to jackhammer about half the house, ha- uh, half of that foundation up. And they came back and they set up the forms again for what they had to pour and they poured it again. And it took a lot of time to take down some of the structure that was built, to jackhammer up that part of the foundation, and then pour the next foundation and get it to match so that it wasn't off. And I watched them. I mean, it took weeks. It was, it was a mess up, and it took weeks to do. In Psalm 127.1, man, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor's in vain. In other words, it's a waste of time. And those guys were out there building and laying that foundation and then putting the structure up. And man, I mean, they were working hard. And little did they know all of it, or the big majority of it was in vain because they were building the wrong stuff. You and I live to certain times in our lives, living and functioning, and many of us Um, many of us living in survival mode because of the backgrounds that we come from, trying to make something happen. I I was was in a long conversation with one of my sisters the other day, and and, uh, in that conversation just talked about some things that when my my parents divorced when we were were both about, I was about 10 and she was 12, and and, and then we kind of went our separate ways. A lot of stuff happened with our family at that time. And we're on the phone for some reason, you know, 40 some odd years later, you know, something was brought up about something that happened in that day. And I thought, I didn't know that happened. And she said, you didn't know that happened? No, I didn't know that happened. And, and, and we realized how some of the fears that we had in our life came from things that happened at that time. And what's amazing about God is if you'll be open humble yourself under his mighty hand he will liberate you and set you free and he will jackhammer himself he'll jackhammer up your foundation that's been laid and some of the structure that's been built you know and and you know what happens is some of the structures been built on sand and it has a pretty coat of paint over the top of it and the roof looks really good but every storm that comes along and another storm comes along bam and this thing happens, boom, and back and forth. And he'll come in if you'll let him. And, and he'll rebuild the house and establish it through his word to where I don't care what tsunami or anything else comes and tries to blow your house down. Nothing can come against you. Amen? Many, many. Come on, give God praise for that. Amen? Give God praise today for that. That's exactly right. Many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but our God delivers us from all of them. All of them. I'm telling you, you don't feel like he'll do that for you when you're in pride. This isn't an easy message to preach. But I'm telling you, if you get it, man, if you get this, it will set you free. If you will understand and let the Holy Spirit, if you, if you don't 
systematically and on a regular basis, let the Holy Spirit reveal to you things about your life. If you're not doing that, just start. You know what, what's, what, what, what's a really good way? Is sometimes, um, sometimes, <clears throat> going home from a message like this, and just sitting with God and saying, God, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't know what it means for you to build the house. And that if you're not building the house, the labor is in vain. I, I need you to show me what that means. God, I, I don't really realize, I, I'm not understanding what pastor's saying about being in you versus being in me. I thought I was in you. If you're challenged at all inside of you based on this word, just, just take it. Don't let condemnation say, well, I've been so... No, you're not bad. God made you good. Devils tried to convince you that your mistakes disqualify you from being a part of what God wants to do in the earth. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We're all qualified because of him. But when we think more highly of ourselves... We overestimate our abilities. We're in this thing to take credit for ourselves, and we need, you know, man's, you know, acclamations and, and stroking and all this kind of stuff for us to feel good. It's, it's, that's what we have to be delivered of. And when you get delivered of that, there's no, you, you, you'll live in a life you never dreamed that you could live in. And listen to me. That kind of life doesn't have to have material things, but I promise you, when you live like we talked about last week or two weeks ago, when you live in the things of God, it'll produce the material. But you don't have to have the material to live in peace and to live in joy and to live fulfilled. What you need is, is God and his mercy and his grace. Can you say amen? Thank you, Father.